everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Melissa Word, and truly delighted, as always, to be here with you. So this week is a funny bunny kind of week. I am pulling from the deep cuts, the deep archive, and in a plot twist, airing the very first premiere show in the history of Witch Sweat, which is an interview with my dear, beloved friend and fellow artist, Jimmy Joyner. And I'm re-airing it, not re-airing it, I'm airing it for the first time with this, um, like, new contextual lens because this episode was actually recorded in the way back days of early April 2023. And due to some silly technical editing difficulties that just bogged me down entirely. The episode stayed on my hard drive. But it's like really important. And it's a it's a fun episode in and of itself. However, the the real powerful potent meat and potatoes of this episode is about how artists engage with institutions in order to get their needs met in a social infrastructure that is highly inhospitable to artists thriving and making uh, not only a, a living wage, but having these other needs met, like legibility, visibility, um, access to, to resources beyond just financial support. And though it doesn't get talked about here because, again, this episode was recorded in April and the events that have since unfolded in Palestine with the U.S.'s involvement um, or lack of involvement, rather, uh, I supreme involvement, lack of actual uh, important involvement as in a ceasefire. You back what I'm mowing here. Um, the 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 context that I want to shape or the container that I want to provide for this as I insert this episode into the now is to think about how when we wrangle and modify and shape shift our voice and our truth um, as artists in particular, because Sidebar, I really think of artists as the um, the the most radical truth tellers and and the creative folk as the most radical truth tellers of like saying things how they really be happening out in these streets. Um, but really for all of us, but when we wrangle our voice and we shapeshift our truth to be more palatable to these institutions that have more resources than we do as individuals, um, there's a there's a really large cost, and actually that is the micro of how empires get to be as powerful, um, omnipresent, omnipotent, and um, far-reaching as as they are ubiquitous. Um, so in this episode, Jimmy and I uh, we get on the mic to talk about our experience in 
both receiving, having gone through this rigorous application process um, to be a part of a prestigious institution. And I'll, I'll save the details for the actual episode, but um, we both received individually rejection letters, right? And so this episode has us kind of pulling at the thread of rejection as a portal opening and rejection as an opportunity to pivot um, rather than it being evidence of some moral failing. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the real focal point. And also, I want to add this additional context of rejection potentially being a really important compass and north star for knowing when you are more accurately embedded in your truth. Because if your truth happens to be ruffling some feathers of the status quo, of business as usual, and disruptive to these systems of domination that do not serve humanity, if that is your truth, then yes, rejection is inevitable, particularly from the like sexier, bigger, more funded uh, institutions, organizations, uh, the what have yous. So, yeah, Jimmy is such a powerful and vulnerable storyteller, artist, performer, queer maker, and reweaver of the world. That's maybe a little abstract, but um, I know him as a, a, a brilliant dance artist and performance maker and someone who also uh, works with textiles and... Yeah, I just, I, I'm really delighted to, to finally be able to bring this episode forward. So without further ado, let's get into it. Have I told you literally anything about this podcast? Except, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Do you want to come talk into a mic with me? Well, I mean, you're Melissa Ward, so I have feel, there's there's aesthetics and ethoses that, that I'm that I'm uh, subconsciously assuming, but if there's deets, I love deets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have deets. We have a um, an intro song. You got a jingle? I got a jingle. Jingle, <laughs> baby. Um, Ben Coleman, who you know, who you love. Duh. Uh, diddled on a jingle for oh, us. I have a side question. Ask away. Try to avoid cursing, probably. No. We're o- no, don't avoid it. Okay, cool. Don't avoid it. Okay, so uh, to that point, this feels like, oh, I know we're going to get into this. Okay, because we talked about it on the phone the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, this, more than anything, mm-hmm. feels like, for me, a recovery practice mm. of all of the ways that I have had to make myself more palatable mm-hmm. in these spaces, institutions, platforms, what have yous that I show up to, right? It's like the overarching narrative that like I can solve the riddle and I can get it right. Whatever this space needs from me, whatever this space needs me to be, I can solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Those days, we're in a new era. Mm-hmm. That era is ending. A watershed moment 
has happened between you and I, which we will probably get into and share okay. uh, regarding many applications mm-hmm. for employment, yep. grad totally. school, big totally. art things. Um, so the long and the short of it is like, okay, what if podcast as scholarship, mm-hmm. podcast as research center, podcast as recovery practice, mm-hmm for like really blowing the lid off more and more of myself and like just stripping away one by one those ways that I've like tried to make myself more palatable. Mm -hmm. So that is my very long answer to like, yes, you can curse because Mm -hmm. I will be cursing. I will be just like letting it rip. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. the actual theme yeah. of the podcast is it's called witch sweat did i tell you that <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. great yeah sweaty witches Perfect. is uh is the theme here um can you just talk yeah okay Man- yeah. Uh-huh. there we go yeah uh on the topic of that, that the the less pal the un less palatable, or maybe even another word is unpalatable, or mm. wh- whatever it might be, the not palatable, or moving away from palatability. Palatability is that a word? Surely, sure. Surely, um, you know, I was having a conversation. This is clear. I wanted to talk about this, I think, because I was thinking about it earlier is I actually had a conversation with a very dear friend that we both know quite well. Um, Sean Wynn Hilton earlier and Sean, right. Speaker of the words and wisdoms. Um, we were talking, I have a a thing coming up in May, May 16th at underground Atlanta, slight tag. (laughs) And, um, you know, we were talking about this and that and this and that. And, and Sean and I didn't really have much of a relationship, as you know, when we were dancing here in the 2010s. Um, but since I've moved back to Atlanta, we're, we're quite close. And we, we work, you know, as you know, quite intensely together with art and thoughts and life and all sorts of things. And I was talking about something and uh, like this permeability and how like I want myself to be large and I want myself to sort of be ver you know this whole art practice is i want it i want myself to be a version of myself that i could never imagine and sean a couple of times that we've hung out in the last couple of months and we've been talking about the things that i present and perform sean has brought up the word limits like limit like what is the limit and like i have a real reaction to it mm-hmm. every time sean brings it up And today Sean brought it up again. And I remember being like having a like feeling and my, and, 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 you know, we eventually like sort of talked it out and we got through it and, and long story short, I, I was so grateful that Sean brought it up and I had these people very much like you in my life that like, if there's like this thing that I don't understand, I know I can sit with it for long enough in the friction, in the goo, in the wake, and all of this to sort of try to understand what my 
not what my friction is, but maybe just the context in which I understand this word or how I hold this word in my body and in my being. Mm -hmm. And so we got to the place I was like, when I think limits, I think there's a limit to how faggy you can be. There's a limit to like how much you can express yourself. There's a limit to, there's a limit, there's a limit, there's a limit. Mm. And, and I really, I'm really uninterested in being limited in my expression of myself, mm. you know? So mm. I, that's where I'm reaching towards you just a little mm. bit in this, in this um, unpalatable, being less palatable, limitless in our, in our mm. unpalatability. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that, yeah. I don't know if that does anything for the, this space or what we're talking about, but hmm. mm-hmm. I just think that's a very beautiful um, mantra to sprinkle on this um, opening interview. And yeah, like the question of like limit limited according to who, uh-huh. right? Like who, who are those voices who has set up those limits that we carry around in our bodies of like, ooh, that's too far. Mm. That's a little bit too far for me to um, come all the way out, like unfurl my wingspan mm. to that fullest degree mm. um, where it starts to feel threatening to yeah. other people and to be a little um, uncomfortable. Like suddenly mm. it's like, uh, yeah, like the degree of... Um, like where you feel the the line in the sand for for where you will start to like maybe have enemies, maybe have haters, maybe have people that are like, mm, that's a little too far. Yeah. Yeah. This. How say that? Say that again. The the word that's coming to mind. How you started that off, Melissa, was context. But it. I, I think you used a different word. I'm not exactly sure what you said. It's like, oh, li- um, to who. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so I, uh-huh. yeah, my brain went sort of like context, like yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the relationality the or origin what's the, of yeah. the limit. And I think there's there's obviously um, there's some sort of limits when it comes to. I'll backtrack just a little bit. I start to think of the limits of our expression and sort of performance of our space is not a pie, you know, where like um, where like there's only so much and that that it has to be organized and micromanaged to an inch of its life or else somebody else isn't going to get their expression Mm. sort of this i i see this in in a way of like energy right like how can we how can we ignite each other's expressions so that it's more expression instead mm. of just this expression or that right. or only this far or only this much or only just like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find I'm in this very uh, kind of interesting liminal new zone of where I've been like putting myself out on the Internet in a mm-hmm. slightly different way. And it's now feeling like quite comfortable and normal I suppose but like man there is something so uh it feels goofy to like talk about this and say this out loud but there is something that is just freaking weird 
about shifting the way people see you expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it becomes so much less about like the content that is like, it's not even about like the con- this new way I'm expressing myself is really freaky and out there. It's just the fact of like making a, making a pivot and be, and knowing that you're being witnessed doing that. Hello. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. Mic in hand. Here we are. Yeah. And I wonder about that. I get people, and so now I'm having, I'm in this moment where I'm like, I'm receiving a lot of people who now like message me on Instagram who I do not know. And they say things like, I love this content. It's really resonating with me. Thank you so much. And something to the extent of, I wish I could do this. I wish I could, I have, I want to be like doing workshops. I want to be doing offerings. I want to be doing a newsletter. I want to be doing stuff and things and they're not necessarily referencing things that I do but just they're telling me things they want to do but there's just like this from what I can glean like a sense of overwhelm from like hello world this is me now with my like I'm unfurling the humble wares of my new form of expression Mm -hmm. and like that choice to do the unfurling in the face of uncertainty, I think is so fucking overwhelmingly terrifying to people that like, uh, that feels like such a huge limit. And I'm like, well, yeah, what, where is that? Um, actually, I don't even know what my follow-up question to that is, but I sit with that as like some, a limit that I feel in myself. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just take the terrifying step over this limit. Um, And now I hear people discuss that limit with me more. Um, But I know you to be a person who, uh, I mean, you have, I know you in so many different iterations. So there's literally nothing you could do at this point that would sort of surprise me. Um. But yeah, I'm curious, maybe since we're just, we're just like, we're just going, baby. We're just like on this little wave. Um, So continuing this thread of like limitation talk, like what comes up for you? You were referencing having this conversation with Sean. And so like, what are some of your methods or your modalities um, for coming up against those limitations of expression and then knowing how to navigate them? That's a great question. Coming up against the limitations, modalities of navigation of them. Hmm, yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, I have a, yeah, I have a, I have a question as well for coming back at you later, but in that moment, like as you're talking about that and sort of um, that feeling and especially some of those responses you were getting on Instagram and those like lovely openings up of people, like in a way I'm thinking you start where you're at, you know what I mean? Mm. Like there's something, a phrase or a feeling of like you start where you are, like even if where you sit, where your feet are, where you, where you are 
is where it begins. And in, and in a way, it's already begun. It's already happening. Mm. So <clears throat> when I think of, when I think I, I'm going to come back to the, the beautiful souls that are messaging you, like, I wish I could do that, that sentiment, you're already doing it, actually. So like, mm. in a way, here's some Aries for you. Get on with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's it's so exciting, and 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 I'm not sure. You know, <clears throat> listen, I were, I had said this a little bit earlier, but it's like, it's all. There's always going to be the first time. You know, there's always going to be some sort of like first time that you put it out into the world. Mm. So, sort of fear or control around how it comes out. Or, or holding something, yo, in you know, is is doing. I would say a lot of disservices to sort of all parties involved: the universe, the you, the we, the singular, the multiple, the thing that we don't know, the beyond thing. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I mean, is it ever? Are we looking for perfection? I guess is is this a, is this a perfection conversation as well? Yeah, I think limits and I think arrivals as Ooh. well. I put uh, limits and arrivals together in mm. this way that like limit feels like some sort of finite point to me, and um, we're trying to get to this, and we know in our art practices it doesn't work that way, right? Like, um, mm. so, but but uh, sorry, modalities. Um, talking a mm -hmm. lot, reading, listening, doing all the things, um, mobilizing myself and my practices, mm. whatever my practices are, taking naps in the middle of the day. It's, um, you just start wherever you are mm -hmm. and it's scary. It really is. And it's so exciting because there's, I just love excitement. I love possibility. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, let's take a moment to do a technical thing. Yeah, it does, absolutely. I am hearing this sort of like coming in and out. So maybe if you do want to hold, pick up my, uh, ice cream cone up and because I'm doing this a little bit. Yeah. And I want, I want you to be able to do that yeah. as the brilliant mover and mm -hmm. embodied person you are. So like if I did something like this and I just sort of like kept close to me and I was like rolling around a little bit but I sort of still had a little dance going on. Uh -huh. How is that sounding right that now? Sounds, is that feeling good? That sounds great. When you keep the, the ball of the mic right in the front, that's what we need. Totally. It's like if you go to the side, it gets wonky, wonky donks. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this would be the moment where I actually say all my favorite things about you. <gasps> and why particularly because... Beyond the fact that, like, everyone's going to fall so in love mm. with the dulcet tones of your voice. Um, but so this podcast, the, like, mm, slick little, like, buckets of thought that we are working in. That is thought, not T-H-O-T. Or maybe uh, 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 spiritual self-inquiry, creative practice, the body, yaddy, 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 the body. Right. Mm -hmm. You are someone who is deep in the research of 
when is creative practice actually spiritual practice? When is spiritual practice an embodied practice? How are all of these things swimming in the waters that are the body, the moving body? Um, and then in particular with this, like I'm so interested in speaking to artists who are improvisers as their fundamental, perhaps, modality or way of working or way of getting into the stuff and things. Because I am deeply under the impression that improvising artists, improvisation as a life way, holds like all of this secret, the secrets of the universe, if I'm just going to say it. And like some very serious balms for moving forward through these times for anyone, for people who are like, I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not a creative person. I'm not a dancer moving person, right? They're still tucked into all of these ways of thinking, ways of working, ways of moving through the world that are like, ooh, we need to like mine this gold. We need to like Mm -hmm. do the sifting thing. Um to like bring forth these crusty dusty gemstones of um what what we've been researching mm-hmm. right um yeah so that definitely came to mind with what you were just speaking about of like like you have the sensibility to or the um not the sensibility but the is it wherewithal we'll go with Mm. wherewithal Mm. you have the wherewithal to be like i just start anywhere because you know as an improvisational artist Mm. that the second the mm, heel ball toe of the foot lays one step on the path you're just like the tumbling forward and the momentum just begins. And as you said, it actually already began well before, right? But you get kind of caught up in the momentum and all you have to do is just put that first heel ball toe on the path towards the something. Melissa word you can literally like breathe near me and I'm thinking you turn on it's fire and fire it it absolutely (laughs) is just like a big version of that Uh but like 30 million yeah Aries Leo girlfriends faux life um yeah uh Wow, so much, so much. I'm going to open up a tab, improv, um, as doing life, as doing it now, Mm. you know, like as um, improv is a deep sense of listening, you know, I think, you know, to throw out some like, you know, big hot words out there, queerness, heteronormativity, like some of these ideas, I think queerness is um, in a way improvisational. um, Uh. Because, oh. because we don't know what queerness is. It's the it's the mysterious. We don't know. How do we move towards the we don't know? We don't know, <laughs> but we do. We still mobilize. You know, mm. we still we still activate. We still mobilize. We still we still dance, and we still make ourselves towards this we don't know. And I think what 
what starts to shut people down is that heteronormativity, is that version of life where um, we're going down the road and we do our nine to five and we go to the grocery store, we get this stuff and this is how we do it. And everything is in these lines and boxes in a way. Everything's quite scheduled. We take our summer mm. break to the beach to 30A. <laughs> and then we, as one, do, as one does. And, as we do. As we do. And, um, and so I think um, that continues to move us away from an improvisational life. That, that moves us away from mobility to the, towards the unknown in a way. And so if, if my practices can mirror my, can support my life and then my life then turns back and supports my practices, exactly what you were saying earlier, Melissa, it's like, what are, what's creative, what's spiritual, what's the mundane, mm -hmm. what's the what? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, now we're just talking about labels and identities, you know, which we could, you know, really go down the rabbit hole there. Like mm. a queer person might say, "There, I don't do labels. I don't do identities." And yeah, identities are hard. They're 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 sort of this man, you know, man-made thing, this human-made thing. And they're important because we're living. We're spiritual beings having a living uh, human experience, as some might say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so in that version, it's like uh, there, there, is a, there is an importance to identities. There is an importance to labels and to speaking those out. And, and in some occasions, performing them, to perform labels and identities, to show people what they might need in their lives or what can be supportive or safe spaces to them. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm looking at um, the new pride flag that's here in this space. Um, and that's that in a way that's that's a label that's an identity mm. because that flag is calling to me that this is a safe space for me and so i align with um with that flag but we really know that sort of that flag is it's a sign but the the energy and ooh it's hard to say isn't it the thing the thingness of that flag the thingness that the flag encompasses is something beyond words, which is, I think, another huge part of my practices. I'm trying to find the thing that's beyond mm. explanation. How's my voice doing on the recording? Am I still good um, with my... You're sounding great. Great, great. Yes. Um, wow, the thingness, the thingness, the thingness. The thingness that was coming to mind as you were twirling through that is like, like right now what we're doing is it's an act of improvisation, right? Absolutely. Like I've got some little, some little like bullet points written in the mm -hmm. notebook th like mm -hmm. uh, that I have not looked at a single time since we pressed record. Mm -hmm. So we really press record and we're just like, uh, you know, slinging fast and loose here, yeah. but we're like surfing a very improvisational wave. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I say that because I think probably, different people podcasting would describe their experience of what they're doing. Like some people have scripts, right? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, we, the two of us, I am certain would describe this moment as a creative act of improvisation. 
Yes, right? I would agree. Um, we are hoping, hoping and praying to the ancestors and to spirit that something, a thingness will emerge. But I'm, I'm going to do a little like meta, like peel behind the curtain for myself and ex- sort of explain like what's happening for me on the interior Please. of me as like being inside this improvisational moment with you. That's about, uh, and it's going to be weird because talking about these things is freaking weird. Bring it. But there's like a, um, you know, the difference between like knowing when you're just sort of like, you're kind of um, skating on the ice of the moment and you're kind of just like responding, responding, responding. Mm. But then there's the like, my my physicality, which you cannot see, dear listeners, is like rolling back, like leaned back. There's sort of like a settledness in the bones. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, we're diving the river beneath a river, right? Mm-hmm. And I always think about like, and 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 a, an artist who is an improviser, particularly in like performance land, it's like you can get by skating on the surface and still like pull out a trick or two and like wow a crowd do have a mm-hmm. mo- you can still get through the moment, yeah, right. But there there's like the thingness of like laid back sipping on gin and juice, mm-hmm. like in like settled down into the bones of yourself. That feels like is about safety, right? Yeah, I would just throw the word trust into that safe. Yes, mm-hmm. uh-huh, please. Yeah. A trusty safety, safety yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really curious about you know to go back to this idea that like all of life is improvisation all mm-hmm. of queerness is improvisation like we're we're literally like yes we can overlay the spreadsheet of like the the routines and the the schedules mm-hmm. but really moving through the day is one grand <laughs> act of mm-hmm. improvisation and how many of us are in a state of distrust or mm-hmm. unsafety mm-hmm that we're kind of just doing the skimming of the surface getting by mm-hmm. on appearances and you know the polite engagement with life and then what is that like that distinction that helps to like uh, take it into a different gear to get underneath the thing mm. Just throwing that as like a blanket statement slash just an observation. When you first started to talk about it, um, it, you didn't say this word, but respond, uh, reflection comes up for me. Like, you know, this, uh, there's this really beautiful woman, her name's Erin Manning, and she um, is an artist, philosopher, theorist, maker, educator, human um, in uh, uh, Concordia, university or college uh, up in Canada and she she talks about um, this experience we're having um, in sort of there's two different things two different words that words she uses she uses the words phasing and dephasing so as we're moving through life and sort of trying to make constantly trying to make new choices so that our lives can continue to open up to the what else-ness 
that is possible. What elseness being the mystery of mm-hmm. of this wild ride known as um, life, and then so this phasing helps us sort of change and morph and open and and become ing becoming becoming, and then there's this other word dephase she uses where all of a sudden we come become. Some people think of it as like complacent. All of a sudden we sort of get stuck. And I think that's maybe what happens a lot of times in our lives. It happens to all of us in some form or fashion. But all of a sudden we, we, we get on this track, on this line. And all of a sudden we become always defazed. We've all, we've, mm. Our identity has become um, sort of solidified. Now, I look at defazed as a slightly other version, which is a moment where maybe phasing and most of our life and making new choices and having new experiences is a bit tumbling and swimming underneath water. All of a sudden, as we defaze, we come out of the water, we get on a lily pad, and we have this recognition moment where we're able to actually stop and look at our lives and sort of say, oh my gosh, wait, what's happened to me? What have I done? Where have I come from? Like these, and uh, potentially in sort of like maybe a traumatic way, but also in like a really gorgeous and beautiful way as well. Um, For myself, I don't ever really know how I've changed until somebody that I love and trust is in a moment that says to me, hey, like, you know, you're really different, right? Like, you know, this thing has changed about you. And it's, and it's a thingness moment when, when this dephasing, because in a moment I'm able to sort of really take heed and stop for a moment and say, whoa, I am a different person. Like I am, I am continuing to evolve, which I think is really important to, especially as queer people, you know, celebrations aren't, we have to create our own celebrations as queer people. Mm. And so I think these defazing moments might also be celebratory moments of um, things that have happened in our lives, moments, occurrences, um, momentary um, identities crystallizing and being like, oh, that's what I look and feel like. Okay, on to the next, you know, like sort of. I'm not sure if I answered any of your question, <laughs> but I went tumbling. We're somewhere. all mesmerized. We're all mesmerized. Yeah. There's no questions. There's no answers here. Just yeah. uh, mm, some deep swirling. Okay, brief interruption here to let you know about Into the Velvet Black, which is a 21-day email grief retreat that is now open and available for you. And if you're like, okay, cool, what the heck is an email grief retreat? I'm so glad you asked. This is a program that I made for you. It is 21 days of receiving daily creative prompts from me to you delivered to your inbox and designed to put you in touch with the deep, tender, stuck stuff so that we can rinse out, let our grief see the light of day, hold it up, love on it, be playful with it here at the home stretch of the year. Um, we're coming into just thick holiday season where 
a lot of folks are with family and that can be tough um, or even if you vibe really well with your family it's it's just a time when you we're like at a loss of control right there's like hometown tenderness or we're just at the mercy of other people's holiday plans so this inbox retreat space is like a it's a respite for you to be able to return to yourself and get current with what is actually moving through you or what needs to move through you um, that can get jostled up and poked at um, in the the thick swirl of, of holiday time um, some people this is also a really tender time of year I can think of um, can think of several people who I know personally will be going through the holidays for the first time missing a loved one, someone who has recently passed. Um, and so, so this can be a, a really beautiful space for you to be in the solo cave of your inner grief world um, and receive these prompts, listen to them, listen to what they bring up for you, they are a range of drawing prompts, writing prompts, some movement prompts, um, and some breathing exercises and, and meditations. They can be done in 10 minutes. They can be done in two hours. It's really kind of the, the capacity and the depth to which you feel inclined to dive. Um, and lastly, there's this discord component for folks who want to feel like they're connected to other people who are also going through this 21 day experience. Um, we start on December 11th and it takes us all the way to December 31st. Um, just a beautiful little swirl through, through the holidays and leading us right up to the last day of 2023. So if you're like, oh yes, I want that into the velvet black, there is a link below for you. Okay, back to me and Jenny. So another big reason that I wanted your particular very adorable tush in the hot seat here mm -hmm. is because you and I have just both been through a very interesting experience mm -hmm. of applying to a big deal, prestigious art dance fellowship mm -hmm. at a very lovely prestigious college university here in Atlanta. We both received the information, thanks but no thanks, right? So essentially the, um, yeah, it's like a really cool thing of like a one-year fellowship paid to be in a resident artist in the dance department of this university, both as a maker and researcher and also as an educator. Mm -hmm. So really like pulling at mutual deep desires, deep gifts mm -hmm. that we both share of like making and educating together at the same time. So we applied to this thing. It was like big application. And we both in the last week uh, received the news that you're so cute. You're so fun. But this job is not for you. Mm -hmm. Um. It has been a gift. There's there's so much we can say about this, mm -hmm. but um, I think one thing that is like really particular spe particularly special is that because of our kinship 
queership friendship, mm-hmm. we were able to really like link elbows kind of early on in the application process and resist this like scarcity notion mm-hmm. that is so rampant in the arts, is so rampant in general for when there's like the a thing, a job, a something that can only go to one person. And I remember you and I just talking about that a lot of like, this is a radical act to be so like deep in the application process together and the like waiting and waiting for over a month to find out who's getting the thing. And um, yeah, so, but I want to talk about the like, the the very interesting sort of portal that is like contending with a moment of capital R rejection, mm. but not just any rejection, right? The, a particular rejection that's like sitting in the wake of how are we as um, artists who work like deeply on the edge of things we are people who are interested in like life at the margins in our practices who have like gone to the institution in this like, please, sir, can I have a crumb? Mm. Do you like me? Yes or no? Mm. Like uh, it's hard not to start thinking about um, like the application process as like codependency, mm. right? Of Like, <laughs> do you like me yet? Am I good enough yet? If I put these materials together, like, can I come sit at your table? And so I'm just going to, like, kind of open the spread for you Mm -hmm. to, like, talk us through. You have had, we've, like, talked off air that, like, ooh, there's some really beautiful revelations that are coming forth with, like, where you are sitting now in this moment, uh, thinking about, like, where is your actual place? Where is your actual, um, like, feet-on-the-ground place of power that is not in the institution i was hoping you'd say that word the <laughs> p word yeah <laughs> big p power mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's <clears throat> hmm. uh, it's it's continued work like like we were saying earlier it's already happening right so i since with this improvisation with with all sort of the threads and the energies, they they have prepared me for this moment of rejection. You know, they've prepared me to to say, "Oh, redirect," mm. and and my sobriety and my recovery and my art practices and my spirituality and my relationships with people that I love and trust have 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 done it has done the work to prepare me for this moment which helps me to remember that something my my gaze is to be redirected my gaze my opportunity actually cracked open with the no with the rejection letters you know what i mean girl like Mm -hmm. come on now like and you're and you're totally right, Melissa. We're talking. We're having a power conversation right now. We're talking about power, and like, so, am I going to continue to hand over mm. like I've done for thirty something years? Am I going to continue to hand over my power to that institution? 
their yeses and nos. I don't even know those fucking people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I don't really know what they want. They say what they want on paper, right? There, it's in it's 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 online. This is what we're looking for. This is the materials you need to sa- send in. And so we're doing a lot of micromanaging of ourselves to say it just right. Girl. So palatability, ju- palatability. Like how pa- how much of myself can I squeak in before they say no? Oof. How much of myself can can I put in there before they see me? And then all of a sudden they say no. It's like. <clears throat> Are we doing that? Mm. Is that what we're doing? I'm going to be 40 soon. Mm. Not to make it an age thing, but, you know, like whatever sort of puts a little fire under my ass to, Mm. like, be myself. Mm. I want to do that. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, sorry, I didn't really speak much to, to like, rejection per se, but, but. Re- rejection is an opening. I, any 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 gig, any job I've ever auditioned for or applied for, and I've gotten a no or a rejection or like w- we'll call you, don't call us moment. Mm. Like I've my work in the past has been I flog myself. You know, I g- grew up in the Catholic Church. I'm from the South. Like. You know, I'm a fag from rural West Tennessee. Like, I know how you can't talk to me nearly as bad as I can talk to myself. (sighs) Don't worry. Mm. I got (laughs) you. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to do it. So, Mm. like, Mm. thank Mm. thank God Mm. I've had so many years of sort of being rejected Mm. and saying, uh, you're not right. No. Um. No, you know, and mm. then finally let go and let God and all that. It's like, come on. Okay, Jimmy. So you're, you're going to shame yourself for something you've heard over and over and over again in your life. Come on. Yeah. We're done with that narrative. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot for me, transformation has been a lot of just being tired of old ways of doing things and being, mm. I think that's what helped me through rejection. Mm. Yeah. Yo, you know, it's like the rejection, the the word rejection. It's just like so toothy, so mm, like gnarly. Mm, um, mm. But that, like, that isn't the the most actually interesting thing to talk about in this moment. It is this, um, yeah, this way of resisting the habit of using this as evidence to then be used against yourself Mm -hmm. as a weapon, the flogging device Mm -hmm. against yourself. Uh, And, and particularly like to say, you know, am I really going to measure my value on the yeses and nos that are and are not doled out by this governing body that we've all decided is, you know, important. Right. And, and what I hear you saying is this willingness to trust yourself so much that you're willing to, uh, like, truly swim the other direction mm. from what the rest of society says is who is doling out the yeses and nos and what is important and who does hold, hold the power, right? Mm. It makes me think of how we were talking about um, last week, the just this uh, horrific propensity in the capital D dance world Mm. to um, like uh, check, 
check each other based on like who you've danced for. Uh, uh-huh. Like ooh, like what choreographers just, have you danced for? I just came from a lunch of that. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Oh, yeah, keep going. Bless you. Yeah, of like uh it's it's a way it's a pecking order right it's a way of orienting and it's about safety right it's about like oh I can I can feel safe if and only if I know if I'm higher or lower than Mm -hmm. you person in front of me Mm -hmm. and the metrics which we've learned to assess each other's pecking order is like what institution are you affiliated with what like big dick energy are you standing next to who has co-signed you who has vouched for you because it's a little scary to just be with each other and not know if I should put this person on a pedestal or if I should like be like "Mm, they're in the gutter thank god I'm not and now I feel a little better about myself yeah yeah and so what I hear you saying is this like uh this like kind of going with the like, oh, I hope I get it. I, ho- I hope I get the part. I hope they pick me. That's sort of like kind of caught in the the stream of or that's just like choosing to swim in the stream of like, yeah, it's a sexy name on my resume. And yeah, it would be like cool to get up in those resources because resources are real, are real. Having somebody else pay for your health insurance mm-hmm. is real. Getting stipends is mm-hmm. real. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like swimming in that stream for a moment and then on the other side being like, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to continue to allow these powerful institutions with resources be the thing that decides whether I feel good about myself or not or whether I choose to continue valuing what I'm doing yeah I I, (laughs) Melissa um yeah I will have to say that It uh, it was probably like five or so years ago. I um, when when this really took root in me, this thing that we're talking around a little bit was um, about five years ago or so. I'd been sober for maybe over a year, maybe year and a half or so, and I was in it. I was living in Nashville at the time, but I was come. I was down here in Atlanta visiting some folks, and there was a performance of a group. Um, that I used to dance with um, here in Atlanta. And um, long story short, it's um, deeply uh, traumatic time, very toxic scenario, um, highly problematic, all these things. And, um, And I hadn't seen this group perform or been around those people in quite a few years. And I decided that I was in a place where I wanted to face it. You know, I wanted to go and be amongst it. I thought I'd done the work around it. So long story short, I um, went to see this group perform. And as I was sort of approaching the event of the dance, um, I was maybe 50 yards away and I was walking towards it. And this this really watery sort of sensation, almost like when your face goes flush a little bit or something, it feel yeah like like a veil of water rushed down my face, and I was like, oh, I 
get to choose how much power this group has over me. I get to choose mm-hmm. how much power I give someone. And then that was, you know, the aha and, and continuing to think about it because it was a deeply like transformative moment for me, mm-hmm. maybe a moment of defazing as it were. And from that moment that became my like almost soul research is mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? I get to choose. Like I, I, I didn't really know what it meant further than just the feeling of that sentiment or phrase. And so I continued to think about it and, and that led into, um, into like, Oh wait, who calls, who gets to decide if I'm an artist or not? Oh, I get to decide if I'm an artist or not. Like, mm. so, um, so yeah, I guess tying it back to sort of institutional scenarios is that, yes, I would love the resources. I would love to get paid 40 whatever thousand dollars a year and have secured health insurance and I'd love another $10,000 to work just on a solo project of mm. mine and mm. and I'd love to talk to groups of, of, of young artists from the ages of 18 to 24 um, about how to express themselves um, mm-hmm. I want all those things of course mm-hmm. and um, also at the end of the day I know my work um, uh, is anti-institutional <laughs> or trying to be or, mm. or thinking about that at least. Mm. Um, mm. So uh, I guess with the rejection, I, I, you know, I had to quickly check myself in this way of like, Oh, remember Jimmy, they don't just because you didn't get that. Doesn't mean all of a sudden the rest of your cr- like y- the train left the station and you didn't get on the train. Mm. And now, you know, well, this is the other thing that I, like, I have the inside scoop of knowing about my own practice and also knowing about your practice. Mm. And you and I are both artists, as you already named, like, anti-institutional in the sense that uh, our work as educators and our work as performance practitioners, embodied people, is really to, like tease out as much as possible these boundaries of what it means to dance what it means to move what it means to, to make gather. art yes what it means yes. to gather what it, what is social yeah. practice what is li- what is live art what is just us mm. sitting around talking into to mics you know and and really wanting to like shake up the snow globe and and push boundaries and borders mm as much as fucking possible Mm -hmm. and that in its very essence is incredibly uh threatening to Mm uh yeah the borders and the structures and the boundaries of of institutions um and so I say that uh not in a way to say like well of course I didn't fucking choose us because we're like pushing against the institution which uh you know is not necessarily on the nose but um i just lost that train of thought (laughs) it does sort of beg the question of like can you um can you change the stuff from inside the palace? <laughs> and I think you mm. and I, and now I'm like kind of moving past just the, the example of the, this circumstance of, mm-hmm. a, of the J O B. Mm-hmm. But like, 
I really has, I have been thinking a lot about application. I mean, I applied to grad school in a mm-hmm. big, bold way. I apply, I just like, this was the year of like mm-hmm. coming, like shaking the dust of pandemic hibernation off mm-hmm. and like starting to apply to a lot of stuff after not having applied to anything for years. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for me as um, the big book, of AA sits on the table between us. It's hard for me to not think about how applying to things, anything, it, it really tugs on the inner codependency Mm -hmm. and it, it starts Mm -hmm. pressing on the button of the things that have power over us. I think applications are, are really, it's a terrible system. Applications are awful. It's, it's so, applications are so sad because, (laughs) here I go, is because the people, the situation, the institution has the power and they keep having the power and they're pulling away. So, so, um, are you cool with a little role play for a second, Melissa? Oh, great. So I'm institution, Mm -hmm. institution A. I've got this really fancy thing. I need you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, pivot point one, two, three through 37, and I need it by a week from now. So as the institution, I've handed over all of these requests that are quite shady, right? Like we, we don't really know what the institution wants. They say that, but like trend alert, like we're all humans. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm coming to terms with this more and more. We're all humans. Like nothing, as much as the institution wants to make things scientific and mathematical and sort of put it in like the Virgo understandable like scenario, we're humans. It's messy. There's egos, there's feelings. So, okay. Institution hands it over. Mm -hmm. And now Melissa is working her ass off to like put all of this stuff together, write cover letters, put together just the right package for this institution, Mm -hmm. writing proposals, doing all of this work. And like, Melissa, what, what do you know you're getting out of that? What do you know is going to come back to you? What are the known things that are going to come back to you? Mm, I mean, Yeah, depending on what it is, like let's say it's a job I'm applying for, right? There's like this perception of security, this perception of, again, safety. But possible, right? Because you don't know if you're going to get it. Right. Let's say, let's say, um, let's say leaving the possibility of getting it because only one person's going to get it Mm -hmm. out of maybe hundreds of people that are applying. What do you know you're going to get? Out of like just the jumping through the hoops to make the application process. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what I actually freaking got yep. out of this. Um, and s- s- plot twist: there were some fantastic things that I got out mm-hmm. of it. Um, the fantastic things I got out of it is like taking a long view, like the opportunity to um, step back and look at the unfoldings of my creative practice, my life, like the actual things that I've done to read it as a story to like, because it's a branding exercise. It's a marketing exercise. I'm having to like tell the story 
of what the hell I've been up to. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Why it matters? Does any of it make sense next to each other? Mm-hmm. I've got to like go down the windy path of like making the constellation between these things. Yeah. And then I've got to tell that story. That work is so motherfucking hard mm-hmm. to do that like I would only do that uh, when there's a really excellent carrot dangling mm-hmm. in front of me. Right. And yeah. a deadline. Yeah. Um, so I am deeply appreciative of that. And at the same time, I'm, I'm becoming very aware of it as you're like naming it in the way that you are, like spelling it out. And it's reminding me that uh, I felt this way that like, I really had to contend with, I had to like hold my hand, my own hand so that I did not tumble, dumble down the slippery slope of. I just want you to want me. I just want you to like me. So I'm going to say the thing in a very market. I'm going to market myself. I'm going to take the like juicy, tender contents of my life and my most essential creative life. And I'm going to like, uh, like squeeze it and squish it into this version of who I think they want. And at a huge expense, like that's a self betrayal mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. right? Um, which this unrecognized, is just, it could be, right? I would say, right? But your wisdom, beauty, and um, observance doesn't allow it to be, which I think is the beauty of your scholarship mm. and your recovery and your live, laugh, love. You know, <laughs> like my tater tot casserole. Tater tot casserole. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes, I was mm-hmm. sort of going mm-hmm. down this bratty version for a second, uh-huh. which is like, I was I was there with you. you know I was down the yeah, down the clock. Yeah, I, I was like, thank you for for bringing it back to useful territory. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I was just trying to say it feels like you're giving and like it, it. It feels like a. The business, it feels like capitalism in this way that the institution is where it's like the 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 business is always going to get theirs. Like they're always going to get theirs, you know. Right. And so it, right. it, it feels like there's a lot of energy towards something uh-huh. by a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think applications suck, <laughs> you know. But – what happens then, and I think what you're already talking about and talking towards, which is like if all of this material and all of this research, this sort of mini pocket of research that we've done to get an application moving and towards something, mm-hmm. if we don't get that thing, if that thing doesn't come back towards us, then like we can't let the research die. Die. Yo. You know? Yo. Or... Yo. I'm gonna throw some grief threads in there. Oh. Let that shit die, and then like let it be the phoenix from the ashes. Like mm. let it die. Let's grieve it. Mm. But that's still practice. That's still your research. Mm. That death. That new growth. Because, but I guess mm. you mm. know, d- um, the momentum, the mobility of your artist. Don't let it be stagnated by a no. 
that's where I like to sort of redirect, you know, I'm like, and that's what's so exciting about having you on board. And like early in on this, when I found out that you had applied and we got each other on the horn and it was like, okay, great. Let's just talk about it. And it's like, and then we got to a space for a moment where we're like, oh, why don't we collect our power and energy together? Because the, because right now we're individuals who have applied. Yeah. We're separated. Yo. And if we know anything about patriarchy, capitalism, and control of mass amounts of people, what they is as long as we keep separating people away and yes. not let them know who they are, then we can we can continue to have the power. So I think it's beautiful and I'm so grateful that we mm. were sort of along that journey together, that we keep kept checking in, we mm. kept unpacking, we kept processing mm, mm, mm. That, yeah. and what's so wild is like on the other side of it or whatever version of the spectrum we're in now I'm like I look at you and I'm like oh like that's not where you belong you actually Same. like you can't be contained in that space because like I just know in the way that we started off this conversation of like no limits yeah. No limits. When you get your yes, when you have already signed up to get your yeses and nos from uh, something outside of you, this external force who's doling out the delicious resources, you're beholden, right? You are sort of, in a sense, to the degree that you receive resources, you're held hostage to a set of values and a, a, a culture and a way of working and... Uh, you know, maybe some people would feel like held hostage is like uh, pretty intense. But when you're an artist who's like, my main bag is having no limits, please and thank you, ma'am. Uh, it maybe starts to feel like being held hostage when, um, yeah, you, like you are someone who is like blindfolded and feeling out there towards like a... Uh, a bigger vision, a bigger future, uh, a more radical future, a queerer future, just the messy unknown, the mercurial unknown. And I just, baby, it's like that. You can't like be in a box, right? Yeah, and I'm going to bring it back to, um, what was that word? It starts with an R, Um, um, stuff, materials, uh, requirements uh, Re- recommendations um, mm-hmm. stuff that like money resources resources there's that <laughs> word resources it's like it, it comes to the you know you're picking your poison a little bit you know you're you, you're giving up a lot to get a version that looks sparkly mm-hmm. you know because i was thinking about it i was like oh shit i'm about to go if okay let's play the game i got it Mm-hmm. I got the gig. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into this situation. Who? I love working with people. So, like, who am I working with in that building? Who's who's on board? Who's, who's, who's like, who am I yes-anding with? Who am I? Who? Who are your people? Who can you feel safe with? And I didn't feel like there was a person there in that building. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't know everyone, obviously. I don't exactly know because I don't. You, it's I don't think it's going to happen. But um, 
but this version makes me feel like I have a lot more choice about my art, my collaborations, my things. And I'm, it feels so much more blown out and open the possibilities of how it manifests. Mm. You know, mm, mm, mm. I saw it very clearly. I saw an entire year in front of my eyes mm-hmm. when I would project getting this. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's not great. I don't love, I don't love knowing what a year is going to look like. It's a strange sensation. I, it's certainly not the way I live my life. I'm barely know what's happening. right now (laughs) i definitely don't know what's happening next week i think Um, that's some sobriety stuff too to be honest one day at a time uh, you know like i mean just to like wrap her in here real quick i mean yeah so so she's in the room let's just say take a moment to say this she's in the room the uh, logistically because i borrowed the big book of aa fourth edition lovely um worn it's been read many times borrowed it from you brought it back to you because i got my own copy um so so it is quite physically in the room with us Mm. um but yeah i'm curious if there's mm, like a really big open-ended question but like i'm curious if there's more to say for you in just like uh, dropping the presence and how it like fits into um yes yeah, so the the like the what now ness mm. of this moment and like what's next for you mm. um and like how you are thinking about like weaving the teachings of your sobriety into all of that um yeah um like i guess here's the here's the prelude is that uh none of this is possible i am not possible without sobriety i am mm. not i am not possible me sitting here speaking to Melissa Word is not possible without me being sober, being a sober person. Um, and that's real. You know, that's just what it comes down to. I hope I never drink again. I hope I don't rela- re- relapse. I hope I don't ever um, do that. Um, I hope that if it were to happen that I know that I need to just go back into meetings. I need to go back into the room. I hope I can, my ego doesn't take a hold of me to the point where I um, die Mm. back Mm -hmm. out there. But um, we won't go too far down that road, um, but just so that it's said. um, Yeah, I have a really interesting relationship at the moment with Alcoholics Anonymous and um, the rooms, as it were, if, um, you know, if, any of this language um, resonates with anyone or anyone's aware of it. Um, you know, I, I had I had some reservations at the beginning of my sobriety before going into the rooms, which, you know, Christianity systems, patriarchal sort of scenarios. And I was told many times, like, hey, just go in, check it out, like, just feel it out. Like, yes, there's lots of meetings. Some are very Christian-oriented, like some are not. Like, just go feel it out. I eventually got over it, and I went and felt it out. You know, amazing scenario, particularly in early sobriety. And and still, queerness, Alcoholics Anonymous, in a way, it is an institution, you know? Mm. (laughs) 
Um, it is an institution if I let it be, you know, in this way. Okay, here's where things get complicated. In early sobriety, Alcoholics Anonymous is really, really, really great for people in early sobriety or people that are having really difficult time getting sober. That there are lots of systems and lots of exercises, lots of ways where somebody's life can be micromanaged to an inch so that they stay alive. Mm. Does that make sense mm -hmm. uh, in this mm -hmm. way? Like, because uh, we're talking about um, life and death here, you know? And so people uh, want to stay alive. And so there's our systems. There's, um, you know, sponsors and meetings. And there's, um, you know, all of this stuff that um, that people can help you with. And there are sponsors and other people in the meetings that are like, you listen to every word I say and only do what I say and you will stay sober. That sort of energy. Right, 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 right. So eventually limits yeah big limits big limits capital l yeah, 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 yeah um and so eventually i you get to a place where you're over six years sober and mm. you're like uh, but i don't want to be limited you know mm -hmm. so <laughs> another phrase <laughs> aa has you know the 12-step program has I'm a ton so of great <laughs> ton of great phrases um i'll just say one for shits and giggles which is um if uh, you've got a foot in tomorrow and a foot in yesterday, you're pissing on the present. <laughs> did, did I say that right? Did, it, did that come out clearly? I mean, the image is strong. Yeah. The image is there. Um, and so there's another phrase, which is, um, <laughs> wait, what was I just talking about? Oh, uh, <laughs> take what you need and leave the rest. Uh -huh. You yeah. know, yeah, 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 which yeah. is really my Golden. main, main phrase Golden. right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, not everything's for you. Not everything's for you. Not and everything not needs to be argued for or against. Just get neutral with it and move along. And also just like fess up to it, too. Like, you know, because I'm super I'm a super loyal person and I and, and, and that can turn sour sometimes. Mm. I'm going to do this right. I'm mm. the ballerina. I'm the Catholic. I'm going to do this perfectly. I'm going to do sobriety perfectly. Grawl. Girl, 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 that girl. isn't real. <laughs> so, mm. uh, but the more, the, but the more I, um, I love respect the rooms in the program, and the more I say, Jimmy, trust yourself, trust what you've been taught, keep coming back to meetings, but also move how you need to move to keep opening yourself up. Mm. That that's that's where AA is within me at the moment it's hard because i'm so fearful of you know every yeah i don't want to relapse i don't want to relapse yeah 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 i um i'm having an interesting little dance with it at the moment where mm. i am reading it and yet as you know the language it's uh, uh it's a vibe it's a whole mood a whole vibe mm -hmm. very specific um, but I'm working through a practice of, um, some of my codependent tendencies. I'm kind of like going through it, inserting, uh, or like sh changing every, th all the language that is like alcoholic or alcohol. Do you not have codependence thing. anonymous? I, uh, did you touch it and not? 
I'm just wanting to go straight to the source, the deep sauce. Uh-huh. Patient you know? zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patient zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for now. You sure, know. sure, sure. Um, yeah, because there's, there's just something interesting about that research right now. Um, but yeah, this like the, the, I mean, I feel like all of this stuff that we're talking about is really like swirling in this, um, this idea of like all of the ways that we allow like needing to be the most perfect uh impenetrable version of ourselves that like can't be said no to can't be um uh, you know like questioned right that there's just like the the wanting to get it rightness of of living and um yeah, I'm I'm really curious about how this as a text kind of weaves in with uh, the, the artistic pursuit of being willing to see to be seen pivoting, being willing to be seen failing, being rejected, being willing to be witnessed not getting it right, you know air quotes big air quotes around right and um as you so beautifully articulated earlier of just like letting a new opening like blast open in the face of um yeah the 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 getting it not right again big air quotes yeah uh and that, uh, the, the thing, too, about meetings and AA is that it's always going to be there. It's always, there's always going to be a meeting. And there's always going to be as much of a piece of shit as I think I am or as low as I may go. I absolutely know that there's going to be someone in that room that's going to be able to hold space for me. It's going to be like, oh, yeah you think your shit was bad, you know, mm. cackle, cackle, cackle. And then like, but you know what I mean? Cause we're, so, we're, we're in a way we're so scared to show ourselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're mm. so scared to see ourselves, you know, too, you know, that's, and, um, I think my speaking practice, my talking practice really began when I started teaching, well, teaching dance, yes, but really sort of a spiritual speaking practice started when I was um, started teaching yoga and when I started teaching or started going to meetings and sharing in meetings. Which is just like a fucking wild thing happens. Kinda. Just a really wild thing happens. Talk about the improvisational spirit moving through yeah. and everybody's wig getting blown the hell off. It's like the, the true power of the unscripted moment. Mm. And then, yeah. And you're like, well, that's some shit. That's There's some also been up shit. Y- yeah. I, I think about it a lot, Melissa. I'm like, why, why is it able, like, how does that show up? Like, why does that show up? And I think there's an attention, there's a listening that like, Mm. I love this sort of a a room of people in between like four and like 12 people. Like this feels like a sweet spot where 
there's just enough people in a space together where like we're really able to sort of feel each other and and feel ourselves reach towards a commonality mm. like mm. we're not gonna grab it we're not gonna say like we understand what each other are going through or yes that that that's what i'm thinking about and we're thinking about the exact that that's impossible right but but th- but through some sort of collective listening we we can reach our what we're reaching toward is not the same but what is the same is that we're reaching Mm. which feels like that's when some shit really shows up. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm here is to like reach towards that together with people and to like maybe another defacing moment. Like, oh, that's, yeah. Mm. You know? Woo-wee. Take us to church, baby. Would you please? Church. Would you kindly? You did. We're there. <laughs> mm. We're at the foot of the altar. Spirit, it's in the room. Um, all right, my pal. I love you so much. I think um, I let's you. wrap a duty doozle it up. But I want to just hear like closing remarks, closing ceremony. Like what and interpret widely. Um, whether this wants to be like a continuation of a plug or is more abstract, but like what the heck are you excited about right now? Wow. What's, what's, what's fruitful, juicy and alive for you in this moment? Um, we're coming up in the near future for that. Um, logistical things. Um, I have, I'm going to give a performance, a free sort of offering, of an event which will happen on May 16th mm. at Underground Atlanta um, over at Mike Stasny's space. I don't know I if you've ever heard of her. I heard Mike Stasny. Heard uh, a thing or two. Mike okay. Stasny's gallery. Mom said it's fine. That will be in the evening of May 16th. Um, we love. And yeah, so it's my continued thesis, my research. It's a version of sort of my thesis performance that will happen this summer um, that will not happen in Atlanta. Um but beyond that, once I finish this MFA program, uh, I think there's, um, yeah, it's stuff that you encourage me with and things that you perform and behave that I'm excited about that that you offer back out to people that I want to try on. That's what I'm excited about in my life and in my future. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Offering your art trying to find ways, constantly navigating ways of supporting oneself. Right. And mm-hmm. and being uh being creative, allowing sort of potentially like problematic understandings and relationships with supporting yourself, maybe softening and reorienting my relationship with mm. how I support myself with my art mm. and my and my performance of myself. So if I understand you in the way that I'm understanding you, you're saying like, um, 
in the face of not seeing a very particular version of the next year mm. happening ahead of you, like getting very entrepreneurial. Mm, here she goes. Um, and like, see, like being your own North Star, being your own compass, and like feeling your way through the blueprint, your damn self, and like uh, getting paid to be yourself in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hundred percent. I, I think that that personal North Star is is like a really beautiful sort of metaphor and visualization for something coming out of my like I wanted to say chest or belly, but maybe it's oh. solar plexus. Oh let's pause for a second. Sorry. Gav Baby Keg Hi. Oh, is he out here? Oh, shooty. I didn't send you the thing. Um. Tootie cake? Ma'am? Hi. Oh, there you are. I'm texting it to you. I'm so sorry. She's texting you a thing. Okay. Let's see. He loves it when I do that. What'd you say? He loves it when I do that, when I forget, forget to, to tell him the door code, and then he has to Romeo and Juliet style throw rocks at the window of the recording studio. And he always... Um, yes, I am, I am excited about... I'm excited about that. It's very scary. Mm. There's a version that's very scary. Uh-huh. Um, because uh, we live in this world. And so, like, how do I put food in my mouth? You know? And you're betting on yourself in a bigger way. Like the stakes are actually higher, but you're betting on yourself. And I have learned, particularly in this last year, that the thing that feels <laughs> I may get a little Brene Brown on you, maybe. Come on. But like the thing that feels out with Brene. You know, the thing that feels like scary is the thing that I'm trusting the most. If that makes sense. Like the parts that are scary or the parts that feel maybe the most vulnerable or the most soft or open or new or unrecognizable. I'm actually, I'm I'm, I'm moving towards that Mm. with a lot of trust. So, um, it's a little bit, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) casino Royale over here. (laughs) Uh huh. Just craps rolling them. Die. Roll the dice. The shake dice. the wait no shake the dice shake the Yahtzee uh, mm-hmm. cup Yahtzee shaky shaky uh hi wait we're about to close out so you can just look at y'all um what no it's fine oh no it was actually I couldn't tell where it was coming from I know I thought you were out there um okay ladies gentlefolk gays and theys we love you so much. Jamey, Jamey. So grateful. Well, eternally grateful for you, always and forever. Sometimes, maybe never. Melissa <laughs> Word, like uh, I'm always honored to be in your presence, and I'm so grateful that that you've invited me for this. I can't wait to see what's to come with this, and us, and you, and me, and all of us, and, and Gabby too. All right, sing me your song. <laughs>